nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to The Rankers, a podcast all about ranking things. I'm Kyle. And I'm Stu. We spend roughly an hour every month putting together for you what we think are the best options on certain topics. Be it music, sport or entertainment, we have your ranking needs covered. And we'd love to know what you think. Are our rankings on the money? Or are they rank? Our podcast is recorded in two parts. In part one, we discuss all the options involved with our rankings and try to give you a little bit of a background to how we came by our decisions. In part two, we get to the all-important rankings. We may agree, we may disagree, but one thing is for sure, you'll know where we stand. But where do you stand? Are you team Kyle? No, surely you're team Stu. Let us know. You can find us on Twitter at therankers underscore AU. Or search for The Rankers on Facebook to keep up to date with our latest rankings and to leave us your opinions. And if you'd like to leave us a voice message and perhaps make it onto our next podcast, you can do that by searching for The Rankers on Anchor, the host of our podcast. So stick around for our discussion or bypass this podcast and head straight to part two where we do the rankings. We won't get offended. Okay, Stuart, let's get to it. This episode was recorded on Friday, May 28, 2021. Welcome, Stu. Uh, hello, Kyle. I'm dialing in from the People's Republic of Victoria um, uh, under lockdown once again, uh, which doesn't really date this episode because we're always under lockdown and it never ends. But well, it, was, they... it was the last um, lockdown that brought us together for a, a ranking last year, wasn't it? It was. It was. Yes. And um, it, it, uh, it was uh, something that allowed us to at least... Um, uh, get through at least seven days of the lockdown uh, as, as we looked uh, through uh, album by album, the, um, the studio discography of uh, your favorite band and, and probably my favorite band, Oasis. A bit self-indulgence of us, but you know, best thing to do in a lockdown, don't you reckon? I think so. Okay, cool. All right. So uh, last year it was Facebook and we ranked each album, uh, the songs in order from each album. And uh, at the end did some B-sides and then we had a a complete list of every um, album track that Oasis did and those couple of B-sides. I think it was one through to 80. So there was a lot of ranking to do there. A lot of fun, and it was really good for me to listen to some songs I hadn't heard for a very long time. How did you find it? Um, I I enjoyed it. It was uh, it allowed us to be a little bit more uh, of a revisionist on on some albums. Uh, it, it, on others, I think the first two in particular, yeah. we we knew we knew them back to front, uh, and, and also also be here now. But I think. As as you know, I've been a be here now denier for a number of years, and Blasphemy. It, I know it, it allowed me to go back and um, uh, now now that the cocaine piles that uh, that were created uh, by the album sessions have have um, been uh, washed away, uh, I, I was able to get to the the master recordings and have a listen and decide for myself uh, how good. Don't you know what I? Uh, do you know what I mean? Was and uh, and and uh, and other tunes from from that album, but also um, the the last one I think was uh, "Dig Out Your Soul" was one that I hadn't given a lot of um, th- 
thought to uh, at least for the last 10 years. And so it was good to go back and, and listen to that one and, and think what, what could have been if they continued on. I actually really like Dig Out Your Soul. I think it was a, a knoll going in a new direction for the band. And it, you're right, it would have been really interesting to see where they went from there, considering he's come out in the last week or so to say that um, his self-titled uh, Flying Birds album was mostly going to be the, the next Oasis album. Yeah, and I, I think it's probably a good good uh, point to um, to start to draw the, the differences between your Oasis fandom and, and my Oasis fandom, at least at least post um, post the, uh, the the band's existence. Uh, and it's fair to say we we sit on two two uh, two extremes. You're certainly in the the Liam Gallagher camp, and I'm in the Noel Gallagher camp, which is fine. It means that. Unlike the Palestinians and the Israelis, we can we can come together and break bread <laughs> on these things. Uh, but uh, certainly, I've followed Noel's post Oasis career a little bit more closely than you have, and uh, and vice versa. You've you've certainly been a, a fan of BDI and, and Liam's solo stuff more than more than I have. So, um, but I, I think we can let those uh, partisan views um, blind our our decisions when we came to our rankings. That's right. That can be a, a completely different episode, I reckon. I think so. All right. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about the history of Oasis for those that don't know it. So, and you can correct me on my knowledge, so because I'm surely going to make some mistakes. <laughs> so as far as I know, early 90s, we had a band called Rain, which included Liam, Bonehead, Gigsy. Was Tony McCarroll a drummer as well? I uh, That I don't know off the top of my head, but... Um... Uh, if he was, I don't think. Um, I, I think Noel entering the band um, uh, eventually led to his downfall. It's fair to say. <laughs> yeah. So if you are a massive Oasis fan, you would have heard some of the Oasis, uh, uh, the Rain tapes. And let's be honest, they're not that great. Um, Liam's vocals are great. The lyrics aren't fantastic. Although Noel was never a great lyricist, he knew how to write a great tune. Um, and there was a bit of structure in there, but it just lacked that magic that Noel was able to bring to the band. You agree? Uh, absolutely, and you know that's, it's probably a um, uh, you know a, a, a shining example of of the times, particularly UK music in that period, where um, that the, the I mean it, it was it was Oasis and and Blurred that um, that you know brought that sort of stuff to the mainstream by you know harnessing what was a lot of racket noise into you know three and a half four minute pop and rock tunes so um you know if if, if rain had um had released an an album probably on you know creation a couple of years but before you know it it would have been another also ran um that uh that was you know making its mark at the time well i have this picture of if noel had have never joined the band whether he was invited by liam or whether he just said you need me you know that's up for debate and you can get a different story from Liam and a different story from Noel. But I've got this picture that if Noel had never joined Rain, they would have lasted another few years. But, you know, like most other bands probably would have broken up, misses and all that sort of stuff getting in the way. And I could see Liam today sitting on the couch, big beer gut, watching his Manchester city and enjoying himself while Noel is there playing uh, Live Forever for his kids at Christmas and all that sort of thing. And unfortunately for us, we would have never got those wonderful time, uh, teenage years of mm. listening and following to Oasis. 
Yeah, and and that the picture that I have of Liam sort of uh, bloated on the couch is um, the, the their their brother, the the third delegate. I forget oh, yes. what his what his name is. Uh, yes. Paul. Yeah, uh, Paul. That's yep. right. Um, yeah, not 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 looking good. Um, <laughs> he's sort of like that third Hemsworth that no one remembers his name. <laughs> so true. But anyway, uh, Noel did join the band, and what a cracking start they had. Definitely, maybe fantastic album. Um, and and released in in a period. I mean, 1994. You can do an entire series on albums from that mm-hmm. year. But I think it was in that same within a couple of days. Uh, that and uh, Jeff Buckley's Grace was also yeah. released. And um, another seminal uh, album in England at that time, which was um, the Holy Bible by the Manic Street Preachers. Uh, and so it, it's amazing, at least from my point of view, to have three classic albums from the 90s released within a, uh, essentially five, six days of each other. Well, you are a true music aficionado. You know that sort of <laughs> stuff. I had no idea. So, and then they followed it up with, was it 95, with What's the Story, Morning Glory? Yeah, it was a, it was a year later. Yep. Yep. Oh, just such a prolific uh, amount of like just fantastic songs, anthems in the space of two years. Yeah. And, and it's fair to say, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more when we get to the B sides, mm-hmm. um, you know, Oasis is certainly one of those bands where uh, the B sides were often uh, as good, if not better than their A sides. Yep. And the, uh, the there's a quote from Noel uh, where he said, if he had held off onto all those, and just release that as the third album, which is technically the master plan, uh, the the B sides collection. Yep. You know that could have extended the life of you know the the Britpop, um, or at least the uh, Oasis in um, you know at, at at the at the height of their powers. But uh, it wasn't to be. We we end up getting all these these great songs, which um, you know which which are still you know uh, scattered in uh, set lists today, which is great. Absolutely. And then we turn our attention to. Either 97, 98, I'm pretty sure it was 97 for Be Here Now. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Um, August 97 um, had the, um, I think, the, the twin tragedies of um, being recorded with too much uh, cocaine in everyone's system. Because <laughs> um, I believe the, the session started about a year or so before that um, and then released uh, a few days before the passing of, uh, of Diana yep. and... That then I think um, changed the, uh, the 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 mood of, of the British buying public. I don't think they were in, in the mood for um, for the, the the excess that was be here now. And um, uh, I, I wrote about this a couple of years ago in an article you helped to to contribute, uh, where um, once we all got over the the Elton John candle in the wind <laughs> era that dominated the charts. Um, Robbie Williams, ex, ex of Take That, and, and also yep. Drinking Buddy of the Gallagher's, released um, uh, Angel, and then you sort of heard it and go, that almost sounds like an Oasis ballad. So all of a sudden, you know, ex-boy bands were uh, were releasing Britpop-style singles, and all of a sudden, you know, Oasis, in terms of that sort of chart domination, almost became redundant. Um, and, you know, they had a lot of lot more infighting, and as, as you'll no doubt mention, we, you know, we start to lose some members of, of, uh, of the group after that. That's right. Now, I know you're not the biggest fan of Be Here Now, but mm. I think my fondness for the album was I remember 
HM, uh, lining up about HMV at Garden City uh, yep. to get my pre-order of being now um, yep. and waiting for those doors to open. I can still picture it to this day, getting in there, first person into the store and getting my copy of Be Here Now. It was sort of like um, my first independence, the first time I actually went out and sought an album. I didn't care that most tracks were over seven minutes. To me, it was, you know, more of Oasis. I couldn't get enough of it at the time. Yeah. And it became, well, and it became my favourite album, actually, I will admit. Yeah, right. As in a favourite Oasis album or just yes, favourite album? for not of all time, no. Um, well, and it was it was really much of that era where um, people worked out well if we can fit seventy nine minutes on a on a CD, then let's just pack it full of whatever we can. Um, and and that's that's what happened with that. But you know, still some uh, absolutely classic tunes. And I, I guess it, uh, you mentioned about the, the the hypothetical of whether if Noel never joined Rain, if Being Here Now was actually their debut. Yeah. Would we be, you know, would I be deriding it? Probably not. You know, it'd yeah. be probably seen as this, um, this great, um, uh, this great legendary album of, of the nineties, uh, as opposed to the, um, you know, the the ugly step stepchild that it is. Correct. And um, what's interesting is that the uh, my favorite song off that album, All Around the World. If you watch the Supersonic documentary, they're actually rehearsing that song way back. For I think even the release of um, definitely maybe. Yes, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, so I guess that goes to show that there was still some some juice, um, you know, left in the tank after after the first two albums, and in terms of what Noel still had in his kit bag, and uh, I think um, it's it's one of those songs that it could only be on be here now because oh. it needed it needed the um the excess. Uh, it, it, well, it did. It, it also needed the um, uh, the the balls by the yeah. band to to actually go. I think this, you know, we, we need an orchestra in. We need to, you know, uh, make it the biggest sounding song ever, uh, which they they didn't have that juice. Not even on the second album. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it was perfectly placed in terms of their timeline. That's right. And be here now is the is sort of when Noel broke out and decided to sing a few more songs because we had. Definitely, maybe. Liam sings all the songs. What's yep. the story? Noel sings one, Don't Look Back in Anger, which yep. we'll get into when we get into our rankings. But then yep. Be Here Now, I think he sang, I know he sang two, maybe three. So, uh, he's, yeah, he, he sang uh, My Big Mouth, I think. Yeah. And Magic, uh, Pie. Magic Pie was the other yep. one. Yeah. Yep. So, he's starting to branch out. And then as we get into Standing on the Shoulder of Giants, we. Say goodbye to Bonehead. We yep. say goodbye to Gigsy. Yep. And in comes Gem and Andy Bell. Yeah, and and both of those were were, were seasoned musicians in the nineties, and it, I think it it gave them a just a bit more heft. Even though I think Noel, for the most part, recorded most of the uh, the music on that um, on that st- fourth album. Yeah, Standing on Shoulder Giants. I don't think the others wrote. Any songs is still null. Although uh, Liam Liam does yeah. have his first song in Little James. Uh, he, he does, and well, I, let's not get ahead of ourselves too much. But um, I I think it could be holding up the rear in terms of my list. Fair enough. All right. Um, we'll quickly get through the rest here. So 
then we move on to heat and chemistry. And I remember saying to you when um, I was listening to this for the ranking, I go, I forgot how much energy this album had. It had a lot of energy, particularly out of the gates. Mm. Uh, yeah, because is it Hindu Time Stuff, the album? I think so, Remember? Yeah. And, and it was the first single as well. Yeah. And um, I remember... I think it came out, Heathen came, uh, sorry, Hindu Times came out sort of a couple of months before the album. Uh, and I think I was actually in England at the time uh, on a trip and um, I, I couldn't think of uh, any any more perfect place to, to hear it for the first time. Uh, it, um, it, it, it almost felt like it was sort of back to um, at least the, the grittiness of, of the first album. Um, if, if not, um, you know, without the heaviness, though. Yeah. Uh, but but Heathen Chemistry, I think, is is for mine the the underrated album in the in yeah. the entire set. Um, I've got uh, friends who you know who believe don't believe the truth is the better sort of back end of of the Oasis discography. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Heathen Chemistry is the one for mine. Well, Heathen Chemistry actually. Um we see Liam really branch out as a songwriter here. Mm, Better Man, one of my, one of my favorite songs of his actually. Um, and I think he had the last track on there. Is it? Uh, is it Born on a Different Cloud? That's the one. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Two beautiful songs. And then yep. Noel matches that with Little by Little, which is a banger as well. Yeah. Great tune. And I think, uh, I think I had that, um fifth in my list but um it was one of those ones where the, the the first five songs that i had in my rankings which i think were were all the the first five singles because i think there was a double a side they were all all great and i think that's why heathen chemistries um you know was the clear winner for mine in terms of the uh the the back end of their, yeah, their discography enough, yeah all right then we move on to don't believe the truth um that actually has my son's favorite song on there lila he loves that song Really? Nice. Yeah. Actually has my favourite song. I didn't rank it number one. I ranked it number 32. But for some reason, and it's a Liam Penn song, which probably doesn't surprise you. No. I've got Love Like a Bomb. I don't know why. Yeah. Everyone, not a lot of people do like it, but it's my favourite. I, I think I had it uh, middle of the the pack in terms of that album. Um, and that probably feels right. But, um, I mean... Uh, uh, don't believe the truth is yet yet another really really strong uh, strong album as well, and it was one of those ones where all the singles clicked, um, and then they you know they had uh, songs which weren't singles like Turn Up the Sun, yeah. which you know did similar to Hindu Times was a great out of the gate tune, but yeah. it was it was probably the one where um, you know, and I think it's thanks to things like the importance of being idle. It had more of a kinks vibe to it as well. Yeah. Um, and, and I think also you were seeing uh, guys like Andy and Gam and uh, was it uh, Starkey was also the drummer then? Yes. You know, so, 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 sort of flexing their, their muscles as well, which was yeah. good. Um, and actually for me has the, um, the poorest Noel sung song, Mucky Fingers. Yeah, I think. Uh, had that eighth, I think, and um, that was probably being had generous. Yep. In yep. that album. All right. Yep. Then we move on to what would end up being, I guess, at this stage, their final album. I don't know if you're planning to contribute to the 100 million that Noel is <laughs> looking for for a reunion, but at this um, stage, dig out your soul, the last album. 
Uh, look, a, a shout out to Noel. I know he's probably not listening, um, <laughs> but but if you are, I think he's got money. Have a, yeah, he, he he's got enough money to to cover to to cover the request. I don't think he needs um, any more from me. Uh, that being said, I am uh, also got a browser window open, looking at uh, what bundle pack of his um, best of collection I'm going to go for. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I actually had a Liam Penn tune as my top song on this album. I'm out of time. Yeah, that, and yeah, and that's that's my favorite one on there as well. Um, and it's it's one of those tunes where you go, um, I, I I think it, it was good in the moment, but it it's one of those songs which is even better, um, you know, years later. Uh, because uh, when 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 was the last one? Was it oh nine? That was 08. 08, 08. 09, yeah. Yeah, October 08. And um, so it's been, what, 13, 13 odd years. And, um, yeah, you, you put that song on now and you go, fuck, he has gone a long way in terms of his songwriting. Uh, you know, it was only, you know, a four four short uh, albums ago that Little James was on, um, was on <laughs> Standing on the Shoulder of Giants uh, for reasons passing understanding. But uh, I'm out of time is just leaps and bounds. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's light years uh, ahead. And, you know, it, it was probably a good signifier in terms of what what was to come from his solo albums as well. Yeah. I actually, there's an actually, uh, sorry, it's terrible English. There's a Noel Sung song on this album that is really underrated, which is Waiting for the Rapture. What, what right. do you think of that song? So um, I had that third last on the album and it's, it's probably best to um let the listeners in on uh on when we did this uh we we foolishly said well, let's do an album a day um and i think we we came up with this idea on the spot which meant that um you know i was focusing on definitely maybe first day and so on yep. and so forth so so i i had 24 hours to sort of revisit um dig out your soul um I think waiting for the rapture is, you know, um, particularly some of the um, the stuff that uh, is on the the first album, so the B sides of of high flying birds. Yep. I can I, I can see the link, um, but uh, maybe after this, you know, um, having a year of living with these rankings, uh, maybe I need to revisit dig out your soul again and uh, see if it goes up uh, goes up in the rankings. Yeah, it is a really strong first four or five songs on that album it does kind of peter off towards the end but i really like that sound noel was going for in those first few songs mm. and um it, uh be here now it, uh, at the time sort of suffered from this a little bit and and you, you get it sometimes it's the mood that you're in when you hear it the first time mm -hmm. but if, if you get a song that just feels so long and heavy in the first couple of tunes and you go i just need a particularly at my age now I, I just need a, a nap i need a bit of a lie down i need to you know regroup and, and get back to this uh, uh you know tomorrow or the next day yeah. um and and i remember a little bit of that at the time with, with the gate so it was the first couple of tunes was great and um but you know also sort of thinking about the time you weren't really um moving along with with cds on you um yeah. you know it was at the were definitely at the height of the uh or at the, the almost the tail end of the ipod era start of the iphone era yeah. um and so music being a little bit more transportable and so when you heard things like shock of the light of the lightning falling down 
amount of time you sort of then put them on repeat and um and and i think you know some of the other songs sort of suffered from that yep all right and then we uh on our final day we ranked some b-sides so we had to choose five yeah um i'm only going to talk about one now because the rest of them are in my top 20 which we're going to talk about in a moment yep okay so my, the one that didn't make the top 20 for me was Lord Don't Slow Me Down, which was an EP released, I think, just after or before Don't Believe the Truth. Uh, yeah. Was it just before or just after? It was It was in and around that era. That anyway. period, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, very good. Now, I'm just having a quick look at my list to see. One, two, three. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, four of mine made the top 20 as well. Uh, the one that didn't make it for me was uh, Let's All Make Believe, which was a B-side from Go Let It Out, the first single from Standing on the Shoulder of Giants. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it was, uh, I mean, the, you know, the, you got some good arguments either way with the first couple, with the first three albums, really, where um, where the B-side, you go, well, it's phenomenal, but maybe just didn't fit the, the feel of the of the album. And, and so maybe that's why it's, it's left off. Um, and, you know, we're going to talk about a, a few of those um, w- when we get to our top 20s. But, but let's all make believe, particularly on, a, on an album like Standing, which is, you know, has got a lot of shite on it, <laughs> you, 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 could make, you could easily make the argument that let's all make believe, even if it didn't fit whatever style was going on at the time, which I think was... Uh, I think was Noel's sobering up period uh, and was probably on prescription med- medicine at the time. Uh, I think, you know, let's all make believe for my mind would, would probably be top, top three on that album anyway. So, uh, you know, disappointing. It didn't, didn't make it. All right. Before we get to our top 20, having a look over your list now, are there any mm. songs looking back that you either went, wow, I've really rated that one really high. If I was to do it again, probably wouldn't be there. Or mm. one that's like really low. You go, maybe I didn't give that one enough consideration. Yeah. I, I try and live life without any regrets, Kyle, <laughs> um, which, which is why you and I are still friends. <laughs> but, uh, look, I mean, I've, I've been a, you know, a, a fervent, um, uh, basher of songs like uh, Dixie's Dinner and She's Electric and Little James for a while. And I see them in places 78, 79, 80 on my list. And um, I don't feel any need to uh, to, to bring them up. Uh, look, I mean, it, it's, they're one of those groups where uh, that you can move around the top 20 and you would still feel comfortable with it. Um, one of the things, and you, you see this sometimes with, with ranking lists where uh, – people feel the need to put in uh, a later song, even if it's not as, as strong, but you know, you, they need to represent it. Uh, I think um, if I look at it, you know, the, the top song from uh, Standing on the Shoulder is at 29, which is uh, fucking in the bushes. Uh, and it's amazing that the best song on that album is an instrumental. Yes. Uh, I think, um, uh, where are we? Um, Dig Out Your Soul, the best song from that um, gets to 23. So, you know, I didn't feel, you know, the need to uh, shoehorn in one of those songs just because it, it, you know, I felt the need to put a song from every album in, in the top 20. So no, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. I think, you know, there's probably uh, a, you know, a tune like uh, they've got at number 19, uh, the Hindu times, which um, is a, is a personal favorite, but, you know, 
there'd be plenty of people that would argue for you know maybe 30 other songs that might might slide into into 19 so who's who's to say uh what about yourself um i'm just looking here because i went to see noasis on saturday night and um that, so uh, for for uh those that uh maybe not be uh from this particular country um uh, explain the oasis for the oh, for the listeners so an oasis are an oasis tribute band and yep. more than a tribute band they pretty much just copy them um so you got the lead singer with his uh floppy hat on bucket hat and in a liam stance sounds just like him it was fantastic that was such a um so good and yeah anyway enough about that but Gas Panic. So they played Gas Panic. And when I went to see Liam just before COVID hit, he played Gas Panic as well. So I've <laughs> got that ranked at 66 out mm-hmm. of the 80 odd songs. Yep. I'm not saying it would enter my top 20, but it's probably one I would reconsider moving up a little bit higher. Yep. Yep. I, and um, I had that, I had that at 51. And if you just look at the standing on the shoulder album, I think it, I had that as the fourth best song. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's 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 not a bad tune. Yeah, um, and then maybe yeah, no, I can't really think of any others that might have dropped down a little bit. I was quite happy with my top twenty, which I yep. think we should get to now. Yep. So- hey, we really appreciate you sticking around to listen to us rabble on about our thoughts. We're sure you're all hanging out to hear our rankings, so make sure you listen in to part two. We hope you enjoy them, and don't forget to hit us up with your comments on our socials. A reminder, you can find us on Anchor by searching for The Rankers, and you can find a link to our social media sites from there. Thanks again for listening.